tonight. Ezra chapter 821. Amen. Amen. Again, it's good to have everybody tonight. Everybody have it? Say amen. Amen. Praise God. Ezra 8 and 21 says this. Then I proclaimed the fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us or for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. Amen. They're going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord praise, amen, for his word tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory tonight to be lifted up. Glory tonight to be exalted. We thank you, Father. For strength. We thank you for clarity, Father. We thank you, Father. Oh God, for your purpose tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You may be seated tonight. If the Lord will allow me, I want to minister on the thought simply when God entreats. When God entreats. Amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, when God entreats. Amen. Hallelujah. The book of Ezra, amen, records two separate periods. Amen. There's two separate uh, uh, periods that the book of Ezra records and that those periods are following the 70 years of captivity of Israel in Babylon. They've been taken in captivity into Babylon and 70 years they remain there and the book of Ezra tells us here, amen, chapters 1 through 6 covers the first return of the Jews that was led by Zerubbabel. Amen. And so we know that uh, again, uh, that, that after 70 years of exile in Babylon, they were uh, they were led out and they went back to Jerusalem. Amen. And then chapter 7 through 10, amen, picks up about 60 years later after the first exile back into, uh, amen, Jerusalem, picks up about 60 years later with Ezra leading a second group of exiles to Israel. So uh, we, we see that the book really gives us an account of, of the Jews, amen, their regathering, their struggle uh, to survive, their struggle to rebuild uh, what was destroyed, amen. We know that uh, the temple was destroyed, and so uh, the first that went back, amen, the first that left, uh, that exiled to Israel, amen, they began to build uh, of the temple back. They began to rebuild, amen, through the rubble, amen, and through the, uh, uh, all of the damage that was there for the, uh, the temple, amen. But you see, Ezra, there were some that remained in Babylon, and there's a lot of different, uh, uh, amen, uh, purposes and reasons that uh, some of them remained. But Ezra was one that believed, uh, amen, and he declared that they were still God's people and that God had not forgotten about them. Uh, Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, God has not forgotten you. Amen. God has not forgotten you. I want somebody to know that tonight, that the creator of the universe uh, hasn't forgotten about you. Amen. Praise God. And so Ezra declared that, that God was still, amen, that they were still his people and that God had not 
uh, forgotten them. And so uh, we know that Ezra, a man, was, uh, uh, was determined, praise God. And Ezra was one who purposed, a man, to serve the Lord. Now that first remnant, we know, stopped work on the city walls. A man, they rebuilt the temple. There was resistance. And they rebuilt the temple. And then they began to work on building up the city walls. And the Bible tells us that a man that uh, it records in history that they stopped working on the walls because they became spiritually apathetic. They lost their passion. They lost their desire, their passion for the things and the building. Amen. Again, think about the time that it passed. And so uh, how many knows that we can get be so busy doing the work of the Lord, serving the Lord, living our life for the Lord, but if we're not careful, we can lose our passion. Amen? That's one of the purposes of our 21 days of consecration at the beginning of every calendar year is to get our minds renewed, to uh, get us to that place where we uh, realize what matters most. This year, the Lord has spoken to us refocus, and so uh, we're, we're refocusing. God wants us to see as we said on Sunday, wants us to see things in high definition, amen, wants us to be sure of what uh, we are seeing and what we are doing in our walk, and, and so they had become spiritually apathetic, amen, and so they began to cease building the wall, but Ezra came and sparked a revival, Ezra came, amen, and reminded them where God had brought them from, he reminded them, amen, of where they were. He reminded them of where they could be. He reminded them of the blessing and the favor and the promises of God. He reminded them, uh, amen, that there's, this is no time to quit. Uh, and I want to remind somebody tonight that this is no time to quit. Uh, amen. If you are feeling weary, amen, do not surrender. Do not give in. If you've got to grab somebody to pray with you, somebody to lift you up, somebody to be accountable to. We want to encourage you tonight to, amen, get ready and hang in there because in the end, amen, we see that Israel renewed their covenant and, amen, they will begin to be obedient once again to the Lord. Hallelujah. I know that time is running out, but I believe and I believe that there are some devastating things, amen, that are going to continue, amen, to manifest in the earth. We're going to see in here. We're going to begin to see, amen, the uprising of things that have been in the making, of things that have been uh, what we would say in the secret place. Hallelujah, but God, that things are going to begin to be revealed. Meetings and things that have been done, but in the midst of all that, I still believe that God is going to reap a harvest and we're going to see a man, a promise fulfilled that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. How many believes tonight that the Lord is not done? And if he's not done, then we can't be done. If he's not finished, then we're not finished. If he don't give up on us, then we cannot give up on him. Hallelujah. I don't care what it is that's coming against you. If it's got a name, there's a name that's above it. And that is the name of Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't care what the devil names it. I don't care what the world names it. Amen. There is a name. 
all power in heaven and earth, and that name is Jesus. Oh, somebody shout that name tonight. Come on. I need you to help me tonight. Hallelujah. I need your strength tonight. Hallelujah. But before Ezra, before the journey back to Israel, Ezra proclaimed a fast for a safe journey. Before they made this journey back, the Bible tells us to just read to you that Ezra proclaimed a fast so that they would have a safe journey. Amen. Now when you read it, praise God, that's the impression that you get. See, the Persian king, Artaxerxes, uh, had given him sanction to move back. Uh, they had sanctioned them to be able to go back to Israel. So there was nothing, amen, that was keeping them uh, from going, amen. Uh, and you see, uh, uh, the Bible says that uh, uh, the king, that king Artaxerxes, uh, he offered to provide military troops to ride with Israel, amen, and to protect them on this journey. Uh, Hallelujah. But Ezra said, God will protect us. Amen. Ezra replied to that, that God will protect us. Now, you've got to understand that he had already declared, as we read to you in verse, amen, 21. Amen. He had already declared, hallelujah, before that, the great confidence that he had in God's hand being upon the expedition. He had already declared that God's hand, his power will be upon those who are obedient, amen, and his wrath will be against those who resist his will, amen. Praise God. And so he had already declared that. Ezra wanted the king and everyone else to understand, hallelujah, that the return was of God and not man. Hallelujah. I want you to understand tonight that the things that we have experienced in 2023, they have been of God and not man. Amen. And I say that because I don't want you getting up in your mind if you haven't already that the resistance that you received was of the flesh. Hallelujah. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And even though people or a person may have come against you, it does not render your, amen, praise God, your reaction to be of the flesh. Because even though a person may have hurt, offended, or harmed, or persecuted, or talked about you, or mistreated you, or done you wrongly, done you unjustly, understand that they are being, amen, they are operating under the influence of the enemy. And if God allowed it to come across your path, then God's got a purpose for it. So don't fight back with flesh and blood. Don't fight the person, but fight, amen, the spiritual part of it. The weapons of our warfare are not common, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is the heritage that belongs to every child of God. If you're a child of God, the Bible says every tongue that rises up against you shall be brought down. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Amen. 
So Ezra wanted them to know and to understand that the return back to Israel was of God and not man, even though the king gave them sanction. Are you understanding that? Even though the king gave them sanction and said, yes, you're allowed to go, Ezra wanted them to understand it's not the king that's sending us back. God is using the king. Come on, are you with me? God will use unlikely things and unlikely people, amen, to get you moving and in pursuit of his will, amen? So, uh, uh, the, the, he said, I, I, I want them to understand that this, this expedition, this, this move back to Israel was of God and not man. Then, when he faced the realities of this 900-mile journey, it was 900 miles to uh, Israel, amen? They had to travel on foot 900 miles. Think about that. Hallelujah. Now, you got to really know that it's God. Come on, somebody. Because it ain't like jumping in your car and going across town. It ain't like jumping in your car and driving 5, 6, 12, even 13, 14 hours. We're talking about a 900-mile trip, amen, with uh, uh, with with children and, uh, amen, families and your goods and your belongings, amen, and animals and all of this. Come on, somebody. Do you understand that? And I believe if my memory serves me right, there was about 2,000 of them, amen, that made this uh, uh, trek, they mind this journey. So, uh, well then, then uh, Ezra began to face the realities, uh, amen, of this 900-mile journey, amen, and why the king offered to send troops with them to protect them. And so now Ezra, amen, is realizing why the king offered. See, you've got to understand that there was a constant threat of, amen, robbers, amen, and thieves. There was a constant threat, amen, of bandits, amen, especially when they were, amen, transporting their goods. And so uh, it wasn't like that they had a free and clear walk. Yeah, it was 900 miles. Uh, that's a long journey. Amen. So, <laughs> who help us, Jesus? We are we are blessed and we are spoiled. Amen. Praise God. Uh, amen. But understand what Ezra had in his mind. God is not has not forgotten them. Uh, hallelujah. And he's still with them. So I want you to understand that no matter what you are facing, no matter what you have to pursue as you're going through, uh, hallelujah, understand, amen, that God has not forgotten you. So the threat of robbers and bandits, uh, amen, were great as they traveled. Uh, hallelujah. And you understand that uh, 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 you, you realize that uh, Ezra might have thought, what have I done? Ezra might have thought, man, those soldiers going with us to help protect us might have been a good thing. And so we kind of we kind of we kind of look at that when when we see that he said, I was ashamed to require the king a band of soldiers and horsemen. It's because he had already declared that God was going to take care of them. He had already declared that God's hand and his power was over them. 
But, but as we read, we, 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 we might get the idea that, uh, we might think that Esther thought, what have I done? But when we look at the Hebrew, amen, as it is written here in this chapter, and even in these, just these few verses that I read to you, amen, uh, we can see that uh, we might see a different picture. How many knows that the Hebrew language gives us pictures? Amen, it gives us a man, uh, something to uh, to look at. So uh, he, uh, if we look at that, uh, we might be able to see how it's written in the Hebrew that it might give us just a little bit different picture. So what did Ezra do? Amen. Ezra called a fast to confirm that it was God's journey that they were taking. He called a fast. Now think about that. You're getting ready to travel 900 miles. And the one leading you is calling a fast. <laughs> Help us, Jesus. Right, Shane? Help us, Jesus. You mean to tell me that we're going to be traveling? Uh, come on. You're asking us to, you're asking us to fast. Amen? He, he, he called the fast to confirm that it was God's journey that they were taking. He wanted to confirm that God was part of it. Amen? Hallelujah. You've got to understand something. It, 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 it seems to me, anyway, that Ezra's faith is intact. It doesn't seem that uh, uh, his concern was really about safety. It doesn't seem that his concern was so much for safety, but it was his concern was for the rest of the people. Amen? Because the rest of the people may not have been as uh, trusting in God as Ezra. Amen? So uh, it seems like Ezra's faith is intact, but there's nothing, uh, amen, that is lacking in Ezra's faith. Huh? So his concern seems to be that everyone understands that the move again was of God and not of man. He wanted everyone to have uh, that understanding because who knows what you are going to encounter on a 900 mile expedition, amen, back to Israel. Again, thinking of all the things that they could possibly encounter. We're not even talking about the wildlife. We're not even talking about the weather, the extremities. We're not talking about all of that, whether somebody gets sick or whether somebody, amen, passes out or whether somebody gets injured, whether somebody gets lost, something you just never know, amen. So he wanted them to understand that no matter what happens on this journey, amen. Now they could have had a military soldier following them, which would have gave them extra comfort, right? Would have gave them to look back and think, okay, well we can relax and don't have to be as on guard because that's what they're doing, huh? Amen. But he wanted them to understand that no matter what you encounter, I want you to realize that it was not the king who has given us this, uh, amen, this go-ahead, but it is God. God is saying that now is the time for us to make this uh, exile. Now is 
is the time for us. And see, that's what you have got to understand in your mind and get in your spirit in these last days. When it comes to what God has called you to do, when it comes to, amen, the pursuit of a, a right relationship with Him, you've got to understand that it is God that has set you out on this path and not any man. Even if man was used in the giftings to give you, amen, a word of prophecy or promise, it is not man who has ordained the journey, but it is God. So you've got to know and understand that no matter what comes in the time of that journey, no matter what enemy may arise to take from you, no matter what you may come up against, you've got to understand that you are under the hand of God. And I'll tell you, I don't believe that it's going to be smooth sailing. Amen. And whatever time we've got left here, praise God. But anyway, amen, Ezra wanted all of them to understand, amen, that this is God and not man. And that God would protect them and be merciful upon them. We always call it traveling mercies. Praying that God give you traveling mercies. Amen. Yeah? Amen. And so, it was a little, a little more intense than that, but let's talk about that. So I want us to look at the word fast when he said we fasted. The word fast here is zoom. Amen? It is T-S-U-M. It's a very interesting word, amen? It simply means to put a cover over the mouth. So this tells us that their fast was food. So that's, that's literally what it means, to put a cover over the mouth. So they were symbolically saying, oh, we're not going to eat, right? We're going to, we're going to fast. And so... Uh, this is interesting when we uh, look at this word uh, fast. It's sum. It's T S U M. Now understand that in the Hebrew language, the T and the S is one letter. It is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it is called Amen uh, the Zadi. And so a zoom is spelled Zadi Vav and a final mem. There are two mems in the Hebrew uh, alphabet. Uh, and there is a, a mem, and then there is a final mem. And we're not going to go into uh, uh, the differences between the two because there's a reason why one is called the final mem and the other. And when it's used, it's, it signifies something different, and it's it's written just a little bit different. But uh, zadi bob and the final mem. Uh, now we understand that the letters in the Hebrew have meaning, amen, and they show us something. And so, uh, if you will, just pull up that, uh, the, the Zadi, uh, and so just so you can get an idea. Now, this is the Zadi that we're talking about. These are two forms of it, but this is the Zadi, amen, the T-S or the T-Z in the Hebrew uh, that it is spelled. And so that's the first letter of 
uh, the uh, the word fast, amen, that it is used here. Now that, the zadi, represents humility, amen. It represents uh, being humble. It represents humility. Then we have the vav, amen. Now the vav, praise God again, it is this vav that was used in the word uh, fast. So we have the zadi and then the vav, amen. Now uh, the zadi represents humility, amen. The vav represents a connection from earth to heaven, amen. A connection from earth to to heaven. And then we have the final mem. Amen. Which is the one on your left. That is the final mem. That's a little different than what I'm used to seeing it, but this is the final mem. The final mem represents hidden knowledge of God. So when you are fasting, amen, you are exhibiting humility. There is something, amen, that you are uh, releasing from earth to heaven and at the end of that, amen, there is hidden knowledge of God that can be attained when you fast. Amen. Are you with me? This is where we're at right now in the 21 days of consecration. Amen. So there was so much human effort involved in preparation for the journey that the people almost forgot that God was behind it. Now, uh, think about packing everything. Amen. Packing everything, loading everything up you possibly can, knowing that you're going to travel 900 miles by foot on a donkey. However, uh, not everybody could ride on the donkey. So just, just keep that in mind. So uh, just think about packing all that together. It would be easy to, uh, to forget. Amen. To become apathetic. It would be easy to lose your passion for why you're even going. Can I get somebody to help me? Amen. I don't know who the Lord is talking to tonight. Amen. But if you've lost your passion for your relationship with God, now is the time to get that passion renewed. And I will tell you one way to do that is through fasting. Amen. Praise God. And the ultimate fasting is abstaining from eating. Amen. So, uh, again, you will see, praise God, that uh, there is uh, something there. And so, they, they, they almost forgot that God was behind it. So, this fasting was an act of humility. Huh? Amen. And it was an outward recognition from earth to heaven uh, that the whole operation was the workings of God. Because they had no idea what God had uh, hidden, what God knew. Remember? we preach Sunday morning, uh, amen, about being in the place where, amen, we have our refocus and we see in high definition uh, that we can see the plan of God, uh, that God will allow us to know, uh, amen, our footsteps ahead of us and direct us. Uh, and if he doesn't let us know and we don't see it, as we pursue what we do know, amen, we discern, we are able to discern, amen, the difference between the good, the better, and the best. We don't settle for what's good. We don't even want to settle for what's better than good, but we want to settle for the best. And we can begin to think, amen, like God thinks. Are you with me? Are you understanding that? This is what I'm trying to get you to understand that as we are moving into, this cannot be just another annual consecration fast because 2023 was not a year like a lot of other years. At least I can say that personally in my 
life. Again, amen. I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but just for the, for the record, amen, the spiritual warfare in 2023 was intense. Amen. I've been serving the Lord since I was 15, and I just turned 59, and I went through a lot of stuff. I don't say that in a boasting way, just telling you that if I haven't, something's been wrong with my journey. But I've been serving the Lord that long, and I went through some stuff, and I don't have the right to be preaching to you tonight. Come on, are you with me? Hallelujah. Amen. I've seen some stuff, and I've encountered some stuff, some stuff that I've forgotten about. Hallelujah. But I can tell you that this is a memorable, last year will be a memorable year of the warfare and the spiritual assault and the attack. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, we got to understand that this cannot be just a, an average time of consecration because as much as 2023 was, I believe it was setting us up for 2024. And however long we had to be here, amen, the rapture could come and take us out of here. However long that we are here, hallelujah, we've got to allow the Lord, amen, to measure in us, hallelujah, the, the grace and the holiness and the righteousness and the things that we are pursuing so that he can Amen. Be glorified and lifted up in us. So this fasting was an act of humility. Amen. That they were going to show. Amen. That outward recognition. So that as you're walking. Amen. And you're on this journey. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord's going to begin to send some people. Amen. In the, into, uh, as they begin to walk into their calling. I believe they're going to begin to. Uh, amen. Begin to enter in. Amen. To their calling. We got revival. Bible coming up. Who knows what God has in store and what God has planned for this revival. Amen. But if we are abiding in the secret place, if we are remaining under Him and before Him and humbling ourselves and letting something go from earth to heaven, there is a hidden knowledge of God that will be revealed. Hallelujah. And He doesn't want us to walk a man in confusion and turmoil but he wants us even though we may be in confusion and turmoil we don't have to identify with it amen come on somebody that means he might be moving some people amen he might be changing your location I don't know what he's got to do it ain't none of my business but he can tell you and he can show you if you are in the place that you can see so if God was behind it, they really didn't have to pray for traveling mercies. If God was behind their journey, they really didn't have to pray for traveling mercies. Because this was the kind of thing that if God was going to tell them they were going to go, that it was time to go, then he was going to make sure that they got there. Now, the enemy's always going to try to hinder, stop, right? Yeah. <laughs> Slow it down. And so they really didn't have to pray for traveling mercies. But pull up verse 23, if you would, please. So, so we fasted. And we besought our God for this. 
would be sought, our God. This is the Hebrew word, bokosh. And while this means to seek or ask, when it's used in relationship to God, it becomes an act of worship. So I want you to, I want you to understand that. I want you to, to, to get this in your mind. At least three verses, there's a whole lot more than what, than what we realize and understand. So this reveals that Ezra's seeking was intense. That this seeking that Ezra was doing, he said, we fasted and besought. Now he could have said pray, but he said besought, the, the, the Hebrew word there. It, it, it reveals that his seeking was intense. It wasn't this, Lord, we thank you for this food we're about to eat. We ask you to bless it. Lord, we want you to use it to nourish our bodies. We thank you for it, God. Rub it up, pass the grub. <laughs> right? Because we can get in that mindset that we become apathetic to the blessing that's before us. We can become so apathetic. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier. So he, he wasn't just praying, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I should die before I wake and pray the Lord my soul to take. I've said it before, but isn't that a horrible prayer to teach a child? What, I might not wake up? <laughs> Come on, you, you, you're with me. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying if you think about that, break it down. <laughs> Who came up with that one? <laughs> really isn't cool. We can teach our kids that it's important that your heart's right when you go to sleep so that when you wake up, God is part of your life, whether here or there. But you know, the, the, the idea that anyhow, his... Got myself going over there. Help me focus, Jesus. <laughs> My point is that his prayer was intense. His seeking was intense. It wasn't just some prayer that maybe he prayed before or that he knew. See, they, they, they didn't just join hands. Now, now those, those of you that pray before you leave, now, before we fly on the plane, we pray. If I'm going to fly, I pray. I'm not scared of flying at all, but if I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going to put my hands in the hands of another human being that's, that's taking me up in the air, I'm going to pray. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over every human on that plane. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And then I plead the blood over the city that I'm about to get off the plane and go into because I don't know what principalities and messes in that city. So I plead the blood and I bind every demonic principality and uh, that there that it will not be able to affect me. Come on, call me crazy all you want to, but that's my protection. <laughs> that's my divine authority, right? Amen. Amen. 
And so, uh, so uh, you know, you, when you get ready to uh, go on a trip, a lot of times, you know, you'll say, well, let's pray. And you say, God, you know, be with us and keep us and keep us safe, protect us. And, you know, maybe you might join hands. And, Lord, we just, we just pray that you keep your hand upon us, Lord. Keep us safe and protect us with angels around us, Lord. We just plead the blood of Jesus. And we just ask you to keep us safe. Let us get there and back in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Right? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you pray twenty minutes. I don't know, but I know when we're packed and ready to go, you know, that kind of thing. But they didn't just join hands and ask for traveling mercy. This word besought that they began to they went into a serious worship before God. They didn't just pray, God, go with us. We don't know what's before us. We don't know what's ahead of us. But they joined hands and they began to go into a serious worship before God. They began to offer up, amen, sacrifice of praise. They began to offer up, amen, thanksgiving unto God. They began to, amen, beseech Him. They besought Him, amen. And so this was not... Uh, this was really an act of worship, uh, amen, because everybody had to be on board with the decision to decline the king's offer. Are you with me? Everybody, <coughs> excuse me, everybody that was all going on this journey had to be on the same page that we have declined the king's offer to go with us and to keep us. Are you understanding that? That's why it's important that we get in unity. It's not about how much this one fasts or what this one is giving up in their consecration versus what you're giving up or what you're not giving up or what you are fasting or how long you're fasting or how many meals or blah, 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 blah. It's not about that. It's about coming together and realizing that we're on this journey and we've got a destination and there's a place that God wants us to arrive in the spirit before we're taken out in the spirit. Are you with me? That there is a place that God desires for the kingdom to go. And we here at Judah are just a small portion of the greater ecclesia. And so we got to understand, amen, that all the words of prophecy that have been spoken over this house, now if you're here in this house and you're part of this house, those words are related and connected to you. And so we got to realize that these words that are have been spoken over this house, amen, that God is watching over them, right? We preached it on Sunday morning. He's watching over them, amen, to make sure that they are fulfilled, amen, that they will quickly, he's watching over his word. And so that means we've got to get in some type of unity. We've got to get in connection. So we can't just come join hands when we gather together and say, oh Lord, bless my sister, bless my brother, but we've got to, amen, we've got to get into serious worship before God, and as we are doing this fast, amen, fasting and prayer are partners, they go together, you can do one without the other, amen, but when they partner together, you've got a recipe, amen, for some explosive, 
Amen. Power from heaven for some revelation. And so we've got to get on, amen, that same page. That this ain't about me. It ain't about you. It ain't about your ministry. It ain't about my ministry. It ain't about what you get to do, what you don't get to do. It ain't about whether you like me or you don't like me or you said this or you said that. It's about realizing that God has placed us here and God has put us on this journey and we got to know that he is going to take care of us and he is going to move us into that place that he desires. Hallelujah. And is already ordained. I went to a revival December. Yeah, it was, in, it was in December, I believe. Early part of December. Service was over. I was just hanging, talking, fellowshipping with some people that I know. And someone stopped and said, the Lord gave me a word for you. And they began to tell me he said, I heard him the other day, and I wasn't going to say anything, but I feel like the ones with him, and they began to tell me some stuff. Now, not that I didn't believe it, but I'm like, okay. Are we talking about Jeff here? We are talking about Jeff Leslie, right? Not Jeff Smith or Jeff Jones or, right, you are, I'm thinking myself. Well, I just really don't see myself in that arena. But since then, the open door, remember, what, this year, right? Yeah. The open door. Since then, it appears that there might be a door opening that this that just might be coming to pass. And I never would have thought that I would just be in that. Because it's not really churchy. That's not sinful, so don't get don't let your mind go on. But it's it's not it's not it's not really religious, religiously connected at all. And so I just never saw myself in that. And I thought about that when, when, when this possibility was presented to me in this possible open door. I thought, oh, shoot. God does know what he's talking about. Because had I not received that word, I might have been, uh, right? That's what we do. We're like, ah. Oh, no, see when God called me to preach, I'm like, not me. Right? Not me. Look, I'm just, I'm barely comfortable with singing. And you think I'm going to preach? <laughs> Took him a few years to get this. Ooh, I almost said seven. <laughs> <laughs> I put myself in a pickle. 
But it took him, it took him a, a few years to get this hard head to accept it. And so then life going good. And I received words. When I was a teenager, I, I loved to go to church. I was one of the only ones I, I, at one point I would go to church with mom and she drove me everywhere. We went to revivals and, you know, tent meetings and she drove me everywhere. And I would get pulled up in these churches. Me, just a kid. They would always pull me up. Not all of them, but I would always get pulled up and they would speak over my life and I would think. I didn't even want to be standing in the front while they were praying for me. But they were saying these things and I'm like, I, honestly, I didn't, I just, I didn't see myself. So, you know, words spoken, then I get, get hungry preaching, then God's like, you're going to pass it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. No. I did? No. I'm not. I won't. It's not my call. That's Mike, not me. No. But he sure has a way of bringing you to the place to where you'll say yes or die. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, here we are 25 years later, and it's, it's evident I passed her, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that you don't have all of that time to, to weevil and wobble and waver and quiver but if you prepare yourself now, here's what I want you to hear me. And prepare yourself and, 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 and get in the secret place and get to where your vision is clearer and you begin to see in high definition, you will not, even though you don't understand it, you will have discernment that it's God's hand doing it. Are you with me? So, so they, they didn't just join hands and, and, you know, pray this simple prayer, but they began to get in a position of worship before God. They began to cry out to him because everybody had to be on board. We've all got to be on board. Now, remember, prayer, asking, or seeking is a form of worship. So don't let the enemy tell you that your prayers are in vain, amen? Uh, because at least if you're asking God, at least you're communicating with Him. If you're asking Him or seeking Him, at least you're communicating Him. And when you do that, when you communicate with God, you recognize His position to answer it. That's why He says, I know what you have need of, but ask. Position yourself to where you and the enemy and you let God know that I understand your position in this thing, that I cannot do this. This is not something that I can do. And so remember that that prayer and, and petition, asking is a form of worship. Amen. So uh, they, they begin to uh, take that journey. Amen. And they turn a journey into a time of worship. The Bible says, if you would bring that verse 23 back to me, I'm about to finish. 
So we fasted. And we besought our God. They went into, they in, 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 intensely began to seek him. And they went into worship. So we besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. Now this word entreat in the, in the Hebrew is the word author. Now this was more than listening or even answering them. So, so you, you, you may look at that and say, you know, so we fasted and we prayed to God about this and he answered us. That's cool. But this word entreated in the Hebrew, and while that's not inaccurate, it's not complete. Understand that? Amen. Giving God worship. They're wanting to, to, to everyone to know that God is behind this. And this is God. And it's an incense worship. So what is worship? It is a uh, is a form of, of an offering. So literally, this uh, this a man uh, gives us the idea that God was interceding and becoming favorable on their behalf. So he wasn't just answering them, I got this. You're okay. As they began to worship, we know the Bible teaches us that when we praise him, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Well, praise and worship are different. Praise is a form of worship. It is an outward expression of your worship, of your worshipful attitude, of your worshipful heart. Praise is an outward expression. Amen. So the idea that God began to intercede and was becoming favorable. Amen. It's literally God accommodating. So it's just like God. Uh, uh, amen. That came down and became part of them. So when 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 he comes down and inhabits, we've preached on this before, been a while. Amen. But the word that he comes down and, and, and he dwells, amen, in our midst. It's the idea of marrying. Uh, and so what does he marry? He's already married to us spiritually. Amen. So he marries himself to your circumstances. And then when he, amen, gets in covenant circumstances like he does you. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Then something begins to happen. And this is the idea, amen, that God began to send worship back. God began to offer them worship back. In other words, he came down and he got right in the midst where he was literally a part of them. No more was it them here and him there and them praying and fasting from earth to heaven. Hallelujah. But now he is coming from heaven to earth and he was literally accommodating them. So he came down to be part of them. And I was thinking this inner when, when the Lord intercedes on our behalf, when Jesus intercedes on our behalf, he interrupts what is happening, right? He intercedes and he interrupts. It's a, a man, it is, a, praise God, that, a, okay, God, this has got to happen. So he interrupts the circumstances. So saw it like this today. I've never preached from here before, but I saw it like this today. If their worship, amen, caused God to a 
amen, uh, to entreat them. Amen. That means that God not only came down and became part of them and he became favorable on their behalf, uh, but God also, uh, and he interceded. If he interceded, that means that he interfered or interrupted the enemy's plot them. So if the enemy was going to come against them, if there was a thief, a robber, a bandit, a wild animal, a wild dog, a man, if there was anything that was going to come against them, they would have to come against God first. And if they come against God first, we all know who the victor is going to be out of that encounter. It is not going to be the enemy or that which is coming against, but it's going to be God. So you see all this that they were doing, hallelujah, when God entreats, God interrupts and interferes with what the enemy has plotted. I can guarantee you, he, the enemy has got a list for me and my house. He does for you and your house too. Amen. But I can guarantee you he does. But if I will get in this place, amen, where they were, hallelujah, this place of humility, amen, and we keep ourselves, amen, in that place of worship, God will interrupt and interfere with what the enemy has plotted, amen, against me. And it will not even have to come nigh my dwelling. So you see, our praise is not just little words or loud noises, but it becomes worship. So worship is not just, amen, what you say or what how you act when you are in church. It's everything you put your hands to. It's all that you do to honor God in your life. That becomes worship unto Him. And when you get in the secret place, you have no choice but to worship Him. And Him only. I'm trying to help somebody to tell you that when God entreats, hallelujah, He's going to interfere with what the enemy has set out against you and your family. I don't care if it's been from a man a years past. Hallelujah. The power and the authority that is over you in the covenant. God is going to intercede and interrupt what the enemy has set out to do. You say, come the music. And remember, God will use unlikely things to fulfill His promises. Yeah. He used King Artaxerxes to give them the sanction. See, Ezra wanted to make sure that everybody knew. Because by the time they got to Israel, you can read the rest of the story. Revival was sparked through Ezra. And there was a revival that came and it allowed it brought 
brought them back in covenant so they were walking in obedience. It's not meant to be easy. These 21 days of consecration, the fasting, whatever you're doing, is not meant to be easy. We say it like this, it's not supposed to be easy. that comes from the sacrifice will bring long-term results. We aren't doing this for us. We're doing it for Him. Fasting positions us to where He can draw nigh unto us. It doesn't position us to draw mine to him. That makes sense. And so when God entreats, and I believe that God is waiting to respond to worship. He's waiting to respond to our beseeching. And our humbling of ourselves. Sending something from earth to heaven so that something can come from heaven to earth. But we've got to save that place of worship. Not easy. Been a struggle this week. But God is faithful. He's faithful. Computers crash. 